welcome to the Fracture Line, the official weekly news feed from the Chest Wall Injury Society, where we will listen to all the bottom line CWIS updates, shoutouts, fun facts, and weekly banner. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Crisco, and I'm joined always by Dr. Tom White, Dr. Adam Kay, and Sarah Ann Whitbeck. Welcome back to Fracture Line, everybody. Today, we're really happy to have on Dr. Marco Bacor. Dr. Bacor, just give us a little bit about yourselves. Talk to us about who you are, where you are, where your practice is right now, what you're passionate about. Sure. So currently, um, I'm the trauma medical director at uh, Bellevue Hospital Center in New York City. Uh, we're the teaching affiliate for NYU Langone School of Medicine, where I have a faculty title as a professor. So um, for those of you that aren't familiar with Bellevue, it's one of the, if not the oldest, uh, public hospital in uh, America. And we're part of a large um, inner city uh, health and hospital corporation that does a lot of care for the indigent citizens of uh, New York City. Yeah, we run the gamut of trauma, acute care surgery, surgical critical care, and uh, see our pretty much our typical uh, population and do a lot of good, I think, for the citizens of New York that uh, don't have as many means as many of our typical citizens do. Are you from down there or what brought you to Bellevue? Yeah, originally, no, not from uh, New York City. I did, did my uh, training in New Jersey at uh, St. Barnabas uh, Medical Center. It's in uh, Livingston, New Jersey. I have uh, my in-laws that live in the area, so um, you know I, I did training in Jersey. Went out to LA for fellowship and took my first faculty job at uh, Cedar Sinai. And did some time down in South Florida in the Fort Lauderdale area before uh, coming back to be closer to family. So that's how we ended up in the New York area. How'd you like St. Barnabas? I did a rotation there as a medical student. My sister lived in uh, New York for a while. They now live in New Jersey, but. Uh, I stayed with her right there in Washington Square. I took the train down to that Fordham stop every uh, every day, and uh, did my ER rotation there at St. Barnabas. Oh wow, what a small world! Yeah, no, I think it was a uh, great for surgical training. Uh, we didn't have uh, a lot of fellows, so we weren't competing for some of the more complex cases. We only had at the time a, a vascular fellowship. I'm sure they've expanded since then. Actually, they've been absorbed by UMDNJ, and now they run a huge surgical residency program as part of uh, Barnabas uh, Rutgers Health. But uh, it was great. We got to do a lot of operating, and uh, we had good trauma experience um, by rotating out to uh, Lincoln Hospital, which is in the Bronx. Um, so that's kind of where I got my passion for it. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Now, as a Yankees fan, I need to know, if you happen to take care of a Yankee in the course of your day, would you You break patient confidentiality and call me? Yes. The answer is yes. Yeah. If if they happen to end up at Bellevue, which uh, I highly doubt because we're kind of far away and they're one of the (laughs) trauma centers uh, near near the Bronx. You never know. So they they would get pickings over us, but I have uh, taken care of some MMA people from MSG. Okay, so well, if uh, Aaron Judge gets hurt, I expect you to FaceTime me because my goal in yeah. life is really, I think, to make him want to date me. So if there's a possibility <laughs> that you could FaceTime me if that happens, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. It'll be a pocket dial at 2 a.m. Thank you. I will I will be waiting with bated breath. So, Marco, I'm, I'm in Kansas. I'm a, I'm a New Yorker also. I went to Downstate, so another one of those inner-city hospital systems. What is the opinion of your hospital with when it comes to, like, rib fractures and stuff? Like, is it – because, you know, a lot of times you think about some of the um, South American countries where it's like a separate type of a world where, where the private hospitals versus the public hospitals – 
and there's no money for it for such a expensive inter, you know, intervention. What is the inner city hospitals in, in New York? What do they say about this? Sure. Um, great question. So, you know, I, I was quite uh, fortunate. Um, I walked into a job where the uh, Zimmer Biomet kit was uh, collecting dust up here. And we started doing uh, fracture fixation back when I was a fellow at LA County. So I'd already had um, uh, almost a decade worth of experience before coming here. And then um, just really took someone to, to have initiative, believe in it, and start using the kit. I mean, the, the reps were hungry for us to do it, created um, guidelines uh, to on which patients to select. I mean, a lot of it was based on literature from people within CWS and of course, incorporating the latest CWS guideline went into our most recent uh, revision. And then, you know, once, once I started uh, doing the cases, just getting my colleagues to Scrub with me. See, it's not that that big a deal to do these cases when you have somebody to, to help you, kind of guide you through. And now, now all my partners do it. Uh, we have um, screening criteria for it. The residents are on top of it. Our radiology attendings are on it. They do the 3D recons for us whenever they see you know multiple rib fractures. So um, I think you just need somebody passionate to take it over. And I, I didn't even have to argue to, to get a kit in place. Now it's like uh, multiple reps want to come and give us uh, give us their equipment. So it's uh, it was really a fortunate situation for me. Very nice. So you really did the whole, I mean, you went through that whole experience that so many of our members talk about, like walking into a center and needing to start a program. I mean, obviously you had items on the shelf, but but you went through that full process. What What steps do you feel like were the hardest within your facility? Um, I think initially it was just uh, getting everybody to buy into it. You know, some people were all about it. They're like, yeah, I did a few of these in, in fellowship. Um, it looks like a cool thing to do. It's just not anatomy that I'm comfortable with dealing with or exposures that I do routinely. So those people were quick adapters. And then I think, you know, once some of the people that were a little bit skeptical about it, which is fair, you know, it's it's been in place for a while, but it's really started to boom, you know, in the past decade or so. Started to see how some of these people that, you know, before would just kind of have a really rough go in the hospital now, you know, are, are getting up and moving around within um, a day or two of the operation and getting out of here um, with really destroyed chest walls that we've now fixed acutely. I think they bought into it. Um, I think that was the, the biggest part um, because we already had the infrastructure in place is in any place you just need a champion and you need to convince people that's fantastic you get to walk in and look like the new guy hero like at the same time you're like yes i have this great idea <laughs> that's fantastic now i know you're also part of the education committee as far as CWIS education and you're thinking about you know getting things up and running but in terms of if you were telling someone hey prioritize this CWIS you know educational event would it be going to the summit once a year, like, you know, taking the time away? Would it be monthly case review? Would it be journal club to look at new literature? Like, what do you think for someone who's starting a program, would you say, this is the key educational piece that I think you should, you know, make sure you, you aren't missing? Yeah, so um, I think it, that's an excellent question as well, Sarah. So I, th I think the most bang for your buck in a short amount of time and also just to make connections is is to attend a CUS meeting. But I think a lot of the stuff you have online in terms of how to do exposures, um, just basic stuff that, uh, you know, can reinforce maybe what they learned from a rep provided course would be excellent. And then, of course, um, you know, joining journal clubs or interest, uh, you know, journal clubs to provide uh, most recent data. But 
listening in on some of the case series just to see how like other people handle it and asking questions to, to people that present these cases that have a wealth of experience. Um, I think that's really important. But I'd say biggest bag for your buck just to, to come to a meeting and uh, get to know folks that are well-established in it. And everybody at that, at that meeting is very approachable and, uh, you know, I think you build connections and networking there to perhaps provide you with help if you're unsure of what to do going forward. I appreciate that. I'm going so to take this ask. opportunity for the shameless plug to say Charlotte, North Carolina, April 27th through 29, <laughs> 2023. Go to the website, people. You heard it from an expert. A true expert told you, and I didn't even pay him or influence his answer. So, How does a true New Yorker like their ribs prepared? I'm, I'm very curious. Uh, well, I grew up in, in Texas, so I'm partial to uh, Texas style barbecue you know the barbecue stuff here i'd say is fake i'm sure i'm gonna have people send me hate stuff for that <laughs> listen to the podcast but i mean when, when you when you grow up eating texas barbecue you know you think that's the only only way that there is so makes sense i mean i get that yeah so. no i understand that i i don't think i've ever heard someone say oh i had the best barbecue in new york you know <laughs> that's that's typically not the not the common gesture. Marco, how did you get involved with how did, how did you get involved with CWIS, this this crazy crew? How how did what brought you to CWIS? Well, my old uh, med school roommate, Patrick uh, Greifenstein. He uh, he was one of the, you know, I think earliest people to, to join and he's like, "Man, you got to come meet these folks. You got to come to a meeting." He's like, "Everybody's super friendly. It's very international, very diverse." And, you know, that that was like at the beginning of uh, my career kind of and uh, I was like well yes I'll try I'll try and then you know finally once I uh, felt like I had my feet planted on the ground I was like yeah I probably probably should join them so uh, yeah thanks to that's Patrick. fantastic we love Dr. P. yeah Griff that's awesome cool story that's terrific very cool shout out to Griff on this uh, absolutely uh, yeah he's he's championing his own single member campaign one day at a time just one at a time nice that's something Dr. Crisco can get behind as part of the membership or as being the membership chair. Yeah, totally. Come on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks. I handed it off to one of my residents, uh, the, the recent gift membership. I love it. It's fantastic. That is a good one. Yes. I like that one. Do you guys have the opportunity to do much research where you are? Yeah, we uh, we have a fortunate to have a um, NIH funded uh, kind of biostatistician slash epidemiologist. So. Uh, he helps a lot with registry and big data type studies. So, uh, yeah, we stay pretty active with uh, that kind of research. That's very cool. Well, then I will additionally give the shout out that poster submissions um, are due March 15th. So if you guys want to put something together, any of our listeners, it's on the website. Posters you can uh, you can submit by March 15th, and we would be delighted to check them out. So. That will be good. I think you'll get a Frankenplating oh, from us. Oh, good. So. Nice. <laughs> oh, my goodness, you guys. Some of the things that I've seen submitted on Frankenplating, I feel like I'm just baffled, like, looking at them, like, is this is this for real? You did this? <laughs> it's, I think it's going to be a really interesting Cool. Session. I'm excited about that. So it'll, uh, it'll be creative. Some people are super creative in how they fix problems and stuff. Yeah. So. That's awesome. I think that's part of what, rib, like, what is some people are drawn to on rib fixation because there's still so much opportunity to be creative and try new things. And, you know, it, it's not so buttoned down yet that people can't, you know, kind of explore. Totally agree. 
Kind of fun. All right. Well, Marco, thanks for joining us. Sarah Ann, let's move on to some updates. So next Wednesday, we have um, at 10 o'clock Mountain Time, we have Journal Club that will be led by the Dr. Zach Bauman on this uh, on this pod. Um, and we are reading an article that's about or the advantages to publishing with open access uh, publications. And uh, I think that'll be fascinating and definitely, you know, have some diversity of thought. So um, I think we're looking forward to hopefully a lively discussion. That'll be, that'll be super exciting. Um, then on February 22nd, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, we have Case Review. I think we still have one spot open for that one. I don't think it's quite full. So if you have a case in mind that you'd like to present, we would be happy to, to have you participate in that. The other thing I'm going to give a shout out to is not something that we're actually attending. I was hoping to make it, but um, couldn't make it fly with my schedule. But Southeastern Surgical Congress is meeting in Savannah um, February 11th through the 14th. And they have seven rib-related presentations going on, which... In a general surgical society, I think to have that much, I think six of them are, are quick shots and then one of them is um, like a full-on podium presentation. But anyway, it it's fascinating to me. So if you're thinking to yourself, hey, I should take my sweetheart to Savannah for Valentine's Day, done. You have a plan now. I've been to Savannah. It's lovely. So those are my updates. Right on. Let's go on to final stitch. I, I can go first for my final stitch. It's obvious. I'm going to Japan tomorrow morning at 6 in the morning. I'm going to be skiing waist-deep powder for seven days and probably drinking too much Japanese whiskey and just hitting repeat every 24 hours. So, you know what? I think I'm going to try and do a fracture line from Japan next week, so let's just make it happen however we get it done. But I'm leaving. If you can bring me back some uh, Centauri whiskey, uh, Chris, yeah. take no, some I'm fill my I'm going to fill my ski bag with a lot of whiskey and not claim any of it. Obviously, not importing anything. I appreciate that you just documented this audibly. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) my shout out is I'm in two weeks. We're going to have the best Sunday in the world. Um, I cannot lose. I am a Eagles fan for seven years living in Philadelphia. I am a Chiefs fan because 13 years in Kansas City. Andy Reid followed me from Philadelphia to Kansas City. (laughs) So when I was in Philadelphia, he was playing some NFC championships, and now, and now we're doing AFC championships here. So I just have an amazing day that day. I'm gonna sit there in front of my big screen and just watch an amazing Super Bowl. I disagree. I think it's a lose lose the situation. This is a true disgruntled Cowboys fan. So mine is a shout out to my dad. You guys, so exciting. He um, last week. He was officially um, inducted into the Utah High School Sports Hall of Fame. Um, so they had this huge dinner and, you know, I mean, there were there were 12 inductees, but it was in this very large ballroom downtown. They sold out the, the whole ballroom. There were like five or 600 people. Like it was very, very cool and cool to watch him receive that award. He was a high school athlete and then... Um, did refereeing, you know, for many, many years. He actually was a a college referee before he retired, but, you know, kept up on high school games just kind of in between when when he'd be home. Um, He'd pick up a night or two in in the high school league. So between this illustrious career as a a high school uh, connected athlete, 
or the Utah High School Association connected athlete. He's now in the Hall of Fame, and it was really cool. My family came to town. We had a bunch awesome. of friends fly in. Like, it was a uh, it was a good event. Sounds so, awesome. Congratulations, Papa. So that was congratulations. Cool. Um, I'll go next. Um, I just I'm I'm flabbergasted. I don't understand why like how this came to be that a rodent gets to determine whether or not we have six more weeks of winter or not. Um, I'm just like, how did this, like, I, I don't even want to look it up and figure out how this came to be, but it's just frustrating. <laughs> I'll just end it there. So true. It's so cold here. <laughs> well, I know you guys want maybe winter to end. I, I would honestly just like a couple of weeks of winter here in New York. So uh, my boys and I can ski on some uh, real snow. Very jealous of you, Mark, but uh, I hope it's you as we get to hear about uh, your trip. That's fantastic. Alrighty, guys. Well, super, super exciting to have you as part of the pod. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me.